Welcome to Becoming Unshakable with Sarah Wolf and Patri Delahunty. The purpose of this podcast is to empower you to improve your life and become your own coach. Together, we will guide you through mindset techniques and psychology tools that we have applied to change our own lives and to help others do the same. During these episodes, we'll be taking you through mindset exercises and practicalities so you can feel free to get your journal and your favorite pen and take some notes along the way. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited today because we're going to be talking all things anxiety and how to actually manage it and feel better in yourself, in body, mind and spirit. Let's get started, right? So firstly, I want to say I'm actually voice noting you from Tulum because it is what it is. I'm here for the winter and let's just see what happens. Secondly, I want to actually get started on the story, right? So how I got to being such a calm person, regulated person and just simply feeling good in myself without having an anxiety attack every two minutes. For a minute, we're going to tap into that. My story, let's just paint the picture. I used to be that type of person who would just be constantly overthinking, worrying about everything, anything that would cause me any type of negative emotions, I would try to push away and it would just immediately make it worse. I would try to push down what I was feeling or try to push them away and then it would make me panic even more. So say in secondary school, for instance, I would have to go to the bathroom to just literally stop myself from like hyperventilating and then I would end up hyper ventilating in the bathroom it was like wherever I was it didn't matter if I was at home or if I was in school or if I was in uni then I just didn't know how to technically manage it in the best possible way and at the time I had a who was specialized to work with children and teenagers and she taught me to meditate. She did teach me to to breathe and things like that. But of course, I was still in an unhealthy environment with my father at home. And then in school, like everything was triggering it off. So it wasn't like the healthiest environment to actually set myself up for success and to be a calm person at that point. But I'm super grateful for that point in my life because it actually taught me that I really wanted to help others eventually, of course, not then. But I knew that I wanted to study psychology. That's why I studied it in uni. That's why I actually went on to learn about it, learn about the mind. And so that was in school. A lot happened in my family home for that, but that's what it was leading up to. I would always try to numb myself with a certain something. So whether it was harming myself or it was maybe not eating then around 15, 16 years of age, whether it was just trying to hook latch myself onto something that would numb the experience of not being able to process my emotions and it would always just be panic mode right it was always just like I'm just feeling negative emotions all of that what happened was that I was sort of intertwined with like a lot of addictions to hold on to because of course I didn't know how to breathe I didn't know what to do with everything that was happening in my body so it would come out and that was it for a lot of years let's just be honest it was like that for a lot of years And then I went into uni and it continued. It probably wasn't as bad, but it was still quite intense because I was relying on alcohol. After that, the sort of eating disorder came a lot stronger. And I told you guys about what happened. So when does it start getting good? 
quite a bit later. I had a lot of experience with therapy. Obviously, I trained as a therapist myself. I studied psychology, did the master's. But even before that, I was actually in therapy for around a decade. You know, a decade of therapy is like, wow, that's like a lot of time talking. And it's funnily enough, how is it that I was in therapy for 10 years and I didn't properly learn the techniques to do things by myself? It makes me question sometimes. I'm really grateful, obviously, because I was able to talk it out. But talking it out means repeating the same thing and going deeper, but also repeating the story in words. And it's, I don't think this is helping me. (laughs) Obviously, it took me a long time to realize that, but I needed techniques. Obviously, I've done a lot of reparenting towards my inner child, towards my teenage self. But if I could go back, I would literally be like, look, come here sit down this is how we breathe this is how we do this like we can do this together right I would do all of that I would teach her all of the techniques that I have now because now I actually know how to live my life without having to retell the story all of the time without having to re-traumatize we don't want to re-traumatize we want to learn how to approach it from the light of just show me how to do it and I'll do it that's literally like identity shifting in itself my client and I was were having a conversation and we were saying she was like I'm literally a completely different person from two months ago or three months I just don't I don't get it like how is it that I was in therapy before and now this I feel like a normal person our aim is not to become a normal person right there is no like such a thing that dictates this is what a normal person does and this is what a normal person acts like it's the fact that we're able to breathe normally are able to face challenges and are able to go into a room with people in it and not have an anxiety attack it's the fact that we're learning how to live without being on fight flight or freeze mode because if we're constantly fight flight or freeze then we're not living there's no such thing as I want to feel normal I want to be like a normal person because what is a normal person we just want to breathe like a normal person (laughs) but there's no guidelines to that breathing normally let me tell you you don't have to be meditating on a mountain to not feel anxious. You don't have to go out in nature to not feel anxious. It's one of the things that helps. However, if I'm sitting here on my laptop and there's something going on that's triggering me off and then remembering something that was really negative in my life, going up to a mountain is not going to be the solution for me. The solution for me is going to be regulate myself, reminds me, okay, this is how you breathe. Remember, this is how you breathe. And this is what you're going to do to reset your mind. Remember? So the more you do it, the more it becomes a habit. So you do not need to do all of these drastic things to actually get to breathe normally to to deal with your triggers. Like it's not like that. If it was that way, then it'd be really tricky for us to feel like a healthy human being. The reason why I wanted to start with my story is because you see other people who are just talking so calmly and they feel confident within and they're just going about their daily life and you're like everyone is feeling fine and I'm like this. We all have our journeys okay. I used to be crippled in anxiety. There's no other words like I was genuinely either fainting, not being able to breathe, having a panic attack, binge eating, anything. I did experience a lot of addictions to solve that problem because of the childhood trauma and all of that. So we all have our journeys and we all had our ways to get here to live a calm life. And yes, we might face triggers, but actually we've got a toolbox 
of resources that we go to whenever something comes up as opposed to just crashing down. Just know that there's always a way. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you because certain things were a certain way before. It doesn't mean you're broken. Okay, you're not a broken car. There's ways to come back to to pick up the pieces and bring yourself to the state that you want to be in. I always constantly thought I was broken. There's something wrong with me, blah, blah, blah. That self-talk is just it needs to go into the bin now because it's not true. Okay, there is nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing failed. Your soul, your mind, your body can all be reconnected. Okay, you can come back to the present and you can come back to you. And I remember something really beautiful that my coach said to me, talking about something that was making me feel really good. And I was like, wow, I feel so good within. And I said something about becoming this kind of new person. And then she was like, I think you're talking about coming back to yourself, actually. And I was that hit me. I was like, yes, it's true. Because we don't try to escape anymore. When we align with how we want to feel and when we know how to feel calm within our bodies and when we know how to feel good already without needing anyone or a relationship or a thing, that's when you're coming home to yourself. So it's not so much about, yes, of course, you're shifting your identity in a way because you're learning your new techniques, you're starting your new habits, but also you're coming home to yourself because when you are on fight or flight or freeze and you're constantly running away from your body, escaping from your own emotions, you're escaping from yourself. There's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else to go. You actually need to come home to yourself. Enough of the patchy chats. (laughs) Let's go into it. We need to understand that anxiety isn't just something that happens in the mind. Okay, so I think we see it as like, whoa, like there's so much clutter in here. And that's what it feels like. It feels like brain fog, clutter, so much mess, so much chaos. In reality, what happens is that anxiety isn't just happening in the mind. It's happening in the body as well. Okay, so if you refuse to be in your body and actually process the emotions that are coming through, for instance, let it be anger, sadness, or let it be anything else. That's not just happening here. Those are thoughts. But what's happening here is emotion. And you might feel that in your chest. It might feel tight. You might feel that in your stomach. You might feel that in your throat. And you feel like you can't talk. Something can't come out. That is happening in your body. It's not just like, oh, I'm thinking these thoughts and it's happening in, your, in my mind and that's it. It's not as simple as that. It's actually happening all over. We need to play with that too. Like we can't just ignore the body and be like, this is separate. This is my body. This has nothing to do with me. It does. (laughs) I can assure you that it absolutely does. And the body keeps the score. And I'm sure you've heard of the book, The Body Keeps the Score. I think that's what it's called, but it says it all, right? So the body remembers as well. So we need to also pay attention to that. We can't just expect our mind to function adequately if we're not breathing properly, for example, if we're not fueling properly, if we're not even hydrating, we have to see ourselves as a whole entire being, not just, oh, my mind is doing this. Yeah, your mind is doing that, but also there's many parts to you. Regulation is a decision that you make. When you decide that, okay, from now on, my nervous system is regulated, for example, or from now on, I get to feel calm. I get to embody a calm person. What does a calm person feel like? When you have an idea of what that would feel like to you, get really clear on that and be like, okay, do I want to feel like that every day? Do I want to release anxiety and just change my mind, change my life? Do I want to feel good 
because there's no point in us watching a load of videos, getting therapy, getting coached, if we don't even feel ready or feel like we're making that decision, making that leap. Hey, I'm ready to be a calm person. I'm not able to deal with this anymore. And one of the things that happened with me was that I decided I've had enough. And when you say I've had enough, that's a very powerful message because it's like, I have had it. And I mean, I have had it. So if you're really sick of just being, don't want to be in survival mode anymore. Like I don't want to just be feeling anxious and just scrolling on my phone and feeling worse again. And then it's a spiral. And then like, I'm not breathing properly, things like that. And then overthinking, do you want to feel like that still? Or are you willing to actually step into this new era where you're feeling good? So it is a decision. Regulation is a decision. You regulating yourself and feeling good is a decision. It doesn't matter if your mind is saying, but I'm not worthy of feeling good because you can actually change the story. I probably at many points of my life thought I wasn't worthy of living a happy life, but we move, right? (laughs) Like we need to change the story and making the decision that is happening. I want to give you a few things I did to regulate overall and to actually feel like a calm being actually feeling good within myself because that is quite a big step. One of the things that I did, which of course seems so obvious to you and you're like, obviously, is start meditation. Yes, yes, it's very cliche. I know what you're going to say, that that's all I hear about. I know, but it's true. Like literally, that's what I did. It is what it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it or paint it in pink. I started meditation. That meant that, of course, I started to breathe properly. I have many free meditations if you want access to them. Links below. But basically what I did was just start to listen to guided meditations. And that led me to create space in my mind for the things that were important. It also meant that I had very little space for overthinking and catastrophizing. Because humans are really good at that. (laughs) in case you didn't notice we're so good at just making a big deal out of something that is not thinking of the worst possible outcomes so when I started meditating it meant that I had more clarity in my mind I had space for the important things I could actually think about what I wanted my life to look like like celebrate here when you start that journey and it could be as small as literally being like do you know what I'm just going to do this breathing meditation even just for five minutes today, tomorrow's another day, I will start again as well. When you make that conscious decision, there's just no going back because it takes eight hours approximately, if not a little bit more, 8.5, eight hours approximately in your life for you to do that. And then it actually literally changes the structure of your brain, of a part of your brain. How does that sound to you? Like, yes, we're in for it because it literally just means that All you need to do to start is actually just this five minute thing. So why on earth (laughs) wouldn't you? And that's the way I see it is it's that button that you need to click. And maybe if you're saying, Patrick, I don't like meditating. This is not working for me. All I do is overthink when I start. Maybe you haven't clicked on the right ones. Maybe you haven't found the right voice. Like some people don't even like meditating a male voice or like maybe it's a female voice. Find your own thing. Because for example, if I was to click on a random one on YouTube, I guarantee I wouldn't like it. I'm very picky with my meditations, which means I have to usually be a female voice, (laughs) a soft one. A certain breathing technique. I don't like box breathing. I prefer four, seven, eight. Everyone has their own journey. Whatever it is that you pick 
and that you start with don't just give up because you didn't like that one or the next one because I guarantee you that it's literally there it's been there for so many years it goes way back in evolution as to how to actually rewire our minds so if we want to be calm and we want to be regulated and we want to take control of our minds then we're going to have to press the reset button it can't be pressed by somebody else another thing is that with meditation I was actually able to just not be triggered by everyone why because suddenly I was calm <laughs> so everyone that came everyone that knew Patrick was like who is this person they couldn't push the buttons so that's a huge difference because suddenly the people that push the buttons couldn't push them anymore and isn't that so beautiful <laughs> People could not push my buttons anymore. They couldn't try to manipulate me. They couldn't try to. It's a whole different storyline. So you change your own story because people might think they'll trigger you or you think that you'll be triggered that day and suddenly everything's just like, that happened. I'm just going to move on. And then you get more and more resilient as you go on. So that's a beautiful part. And of course, to mention that I actually was diagnosed with ADHD in, I'm going to say 2019, I think it was because I was doing my psychology placement and given therapy then. And my psychology supervisor, oh, yo, if you want to, because I said, I think I might have ADHD. And then suddenly I got tested and hello, Bob's your uncle. She's got ADHD. It was obvious. Meditation was crucial for me because it meant that with ADHD, I was quite impulsive. I'm not going to lie. Like I was, as I told you, many addictions. And that meant that when I meditated, I wasn't recurring to the things that I usually would have it meant that I wasn't drinking anymore it meant that I didn't really care about like food addictions it was just like that's just food and now I just want to eat healthy because I actually appreciate my body there was just so many changes from it just from literally giving my mind the space to feel clear free and clear that was all and if anybody if my ex tried to get back with me blah 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 like no immediately no and that's it because nobody could push my buttons anymore and I was like I'm just I actually have control of my life now so first of all ciao to the people who don't serve me and then hello to the healthy habits okay so those are really beautiful benefits out of it another thing that I was going to say is caffeine releasing caffeine was like a huge part of it as well for anxiety because it was it just meant that I could actually think without having these ups and downs but I'll go into it in a second as well so breathing properly and quieting the mind was essential that's part of the meditation then another thing was checking my environment I can't believe I actually left this for so long naturally you guys know that my family and I it was like a telenovela have you ever heard of a telenovela is it a Netflix show of just dramatics. So I needed to pick my environments very wisely as I got older because I was like, yo, this is not going to be good for me. And I need to pick the most clear, relaxing environment that I can possibly have. Check your environment. Is there anything that does not need to be there anymore? If you're feeling anxious at this moment of your life and you want to start with a blank slate and with your breath work or your meditation and things like that, what is in your environment that is not serving you? In terms of friends, is somebody causing you a little bit of angst? Is somebody actually not really good for you? Almost as importantly, if not more, who are you dating? 
And I'm just going to leave that question hanging out for you because who are you dating? Who are you in a relationship with? Who is it that you spend a lot of time with? Are they causing you a little bit of nerves? Because sometimes the butterflies that we think are in our stomach are not necessarily good ones. Okay, so we go back to what we know. So if we experience danger in our childhood, if we experience danger in our teenage years, we're going to crave it again. Well, our bodies are going to crave it again. So who are you dating? Who are you in a relationship with? Who are you married to? Because if this is making your body feel unsafe, or if this is kind of like, oh, I give you attention now and now I don't, then I'm sorry, but ciao, like this needs to leave. We need to get quite clear on who is in our energy, in our space, what is going on. If you're feeling not good around certain people, then trust it, right? Like trust your gut with that because your body sometimes knows best. It's really important to really explore what is happening in your environment, what is happening in your home, what is happening in wherever you spend a lot of time, which means also checking out what your work is like. So not everyone has the chance to kind of be like, oh, yes, I can pick and choose and work from home. I know that. And I know that a lot of you probably don't work from home. So you need to explore what is my workplace like? What is my boss like? Is this good for me or is it really kind of toxic? Is it really assessing what's happening? I would check my entire environment. For example, if there's a lot of clutter in a house or in my room, I'm just like, no this is not happening because this means that it actually causes chaos in my mind and that in terms of environment I feel is really important. I know that a lot of people are like this as well so I would also check for physical environment and just see how are you keeping your space right? How can you make it a little bit more clear? How can you make it the space for you to feel safe in and clear-minded? So be it your desk, your work desk, your workspace or your actual home. What situations are you not aligned with anymore? So for instance is it that you're partying every weekend and it's making you feel absolutely crippled in anxiety we need to check that out okay so what is it that you're spending your time doing your free time what situations are you selecting what events are you selecting that are probably not necessarily serving you so just pick and choose have a little brainstorm what is going on what is my environment what is my physical environment what are the situations what are the people who am I dating who am I hanging out with in terms of the dating part I would enhance that a little bit more and just explore what does psychological safety mean to you Okay, and the reason why I always pause on this one is because you guys know that I was in a really unhealthy environment before with an ex and naturally I am not in any way in blame mode. I actually really forgiven him. I've forgiven myself as well for the way I acted. My body would automatically subconsciously choose people who were like my father, who felt unsafe, irrational, who were emotionally abusive, uh, manipulative, controlling, judging, everything. So I picked that for me, right? So that was my path to learn from my lesson. Maybe it's your path to learn from your lesson. Hey, maybe this is <laughs> this is not good for me because it's not safe. Maybe it's exciting, but exciting does not equal safe and it does not equal psychologically safe. In terms of habits, I would say alcohol was a huge one for me. It's intoxicating myself a lot, which you don't want to do, right? Because that's just 
literally leading to anxiety naturally. Another thing that I would say would be consistency with my mornings, my routines, because if I wasn't consistent, then what would be the point? I can't just meditate three times and then be like, hey, I'm a calm person now. I think we all need to do our little work on it and be consistent. People who are really good at what they do is because they're consistent. So if you want to feel really calm and be more resilient and be able to cope with triggers, you want to get better meditating, do it more. You want to get better at yoga, do it more. You want to get better at dancing, do it more. So this is going to be important for, especially if you used to suffer from a lot of panic attacks, like anxiety, a lot of that, then it's going to be consistency, a lot of showing up every single day, every single morning in particular. So how you start your day is going to be really important for you because the way you start your day is usually how you go about the rest. So if you hit the reset button in your mind in the morning, you're more likely going to be able to do that in triggering situations over the day, throughout the day. So that's what I would definitely advise and that's what certainly has helped me long term okay we want long-term solutions not just feel good for a week and that's the way I do it with my clients I wouldn't have it any other way because otherwise it doesn't last what would be the point <laughs> okay I want to make it a really nice habit so that means finding your favorite channels your favorite people your favorite things to inspire you to meditate even podcasts there's loads on Spotify now so that's great the type of exercise I was doing for example, if you're feeling very, very anxious, it's not good in yourself. It's like you're short of breath and just like going really fast everywhere and not being able to go slow. Take a look at how you're actually going about your day-to-day life. Is it that wherever you walk, you walk super fast? Whatever exercise you do, it has to be a super fast one. It has to be a fast run or it has to be HIT things like that, right? So I needed to look at also when when I meditated at all sort of my preferences changed anyway, but I would notice that usually I would lift weights, right? I would lift weights, I would do yoga, I would do my favorite things. However, if I notice, I also like running every now and then. So if I notice that I would run in faster than I usually did, or I would run for longer, what came up was that my heart rate suddenly after a certain amount of time or if I went past a certain speed I would start to feel that danger zone like alert and that's maybe because I had such a big history with anxiety before that it's just like this doesn't feel good anymore really being attuned to your body and what it likes doing does it like doing pilates and do pilates does it like doing slow movement do slow movements, like don't force it to even lifting weights is like way slower to me than going for a big long run and doing sprints and things like that. Now, sometimes, of course, I like doing that. But most of the time, I'm going to do Pilates, I'm going to do something that actually feels nice, slow, potent, but slow to me, because it just feels better for my body. Obviously, everyone is different. But if you're doing HIT and complaining about stomach issues and anxiety, then we need to chat, right? (laughs) So check in on what your habits are and what types of movement you're doing, how you're even walking. Like I would walk, I used to walk super fast to places. In what world? Like, where am I going? What rush am I in, right? Doing everything super fast, which meant that I would forget everything, which meant that my phone would fall, screen cracked, chow, water spilled, coffee spilled, all over the shop I mean to say Patry was a little bit chaotic and now when I look at that I'm like oh my god (laughs) 
the world has changed. <laughs> Let's just put it that way, okay? And that all comes down to being present and taking things in your own time, like going slow and steady, like really being able to notice what you're doing, how you're walking. Do you want to come across as a rushed person or as a person with grace? Really noticing what your energy is like here. Coffee was a really important one for me. This is a huge one for people who actually struggle with anxiety. And one of my clients, in fact, stopped because it was that. It was like that was impacting it. It was causing the crash as well after the caffeine hit. If you notice that you're particularly feeling anxious and that you have a good bit of caffeine a day then we want to look at that okay we don't want to ignore that like these habits will impact the way you feel especially if you're coming to this video for that that doesn't mean go cold turkey what I did was like go to decaf coffee I still enjoyed the taste then after a while I didn't care for it at all like I just got used to having either a matcha or a cup of tea black tea if I wanted but usually just I just switched it's just a different story like yes you might keep up the caffeine but just notice how your mood changes how your energy changes what are the crashes like or is it that it doesn't impact you at all it really depends on how it's feeling and journal on this and if it feels aligned to your body and your body is like yeah or like no it doesn't feel good in my stomach then listen to that don't ignore it for the sake of oh I'm just gonna replace a meal with coffee like we don't play that game anymore this is what causes anxiety skipping meals treating coffee as meals I'm no dietitian but I certainly have been with one because I had anorexia and this is obviously not the way to go you might think okay I don't know what's causing me to feel like this and then you might realize that actually all I ate today was a pastry for breakfast and then toast so we need to look a little bit deeper on what you're actually doing to your body okay and I know you're like oh but Patri, I want to be fit and like this that's not fitness <laughs> that's not fitness and being slim isn't going to be your priority if you want your mind and your body to feel good okay so you can look good you can do all you want you can dress up like Barry but your mind space is going to be very important and how your body feels safe that's going to be even more important okay so we need to play with all of these cards. We need to actually assess what is going on. What are you doing that's causing this and how we can make it better. All right, let's just cut the BS and get straight to it. We need to actually journal on it. Overall, I would say that what caused me to just actually love being in my body, not crave drink like alcohol not crave coffee all of these things was because in all honesty like I saw my body as a temple I was like if I don't treat my body well how is my mind going to respond right like how am I going to think positive thoughts and have this mind declutter and do all of these things if I'm not even treating my body nicely that's not going to work that's not going to work because it's all connected anyway so this is what we're, we need to look at is that the summary of this is that getting my body into a nice, healthy balance was really, really crucial for my mind to feel good as well, to think well. So this all comes when you meditate, by the way, like when you meditate, it's just like a higher level of consciousness. And then you're able to realize that you actually do need to treat your body really well because it's your home. Your mind responds to that because whatever way you're treating, one of your parts is going to impact the other one. That's just the way it is. And I'm here to give you the facts. So here are the facts today. Instead of thinking what can go really wrong, this comes into the mind part. 
instead of thinking what can go really wrong and going into overthinking mode and just thinking that like the worst is going to happen think in this way what can possibly go really well today what can go what amazing things can come to me today I wonder what I'm going to come across you know feeling anxious and experiencing those feelings sometimes it comes from like thinking the worst is going to happen this constant worry right what if this doesn't work out what if I don't meet the love of my life what if I don't have that money what if things get to work out for you and map out a plan map out a plan get someone to support you through it And just notice how it all starts to dissolve a little bit more. That is what we need to start doing. Hey, what if things actually start to work out for me? What if things are meant to actually go well for me? What if I actually get to be the luckiest person that I know? This is one of the things that we need to start actually turning towards as opposed to expecting the worst all the time because sometimes that's what causes the anxiety as well if I'm thinking the worst I know that things aren't going to work out well maybe that's not true maybe your mind is literally has tricked you into thinking that because you've been programmed to think that and it's not true so some things have worked out some things have not that doesn't mean that your life has gone to shambles it means that things work out others don't and the things that didn't work out will serve you as lessons okay we move on from that we need to learn from the things that didn't work out and actually move forward we can't just stay stuck and be like i give up this is life life is a game and we need to play it from now on we need to play with it play the right cards and be like you know what i get to choose differently now and i get to change i get to change my mind i get to feel good i get to treat myself well because i know i deserve it And if you don't believe that, then do your inner work because I promise you that you do deserve it. Forgive yourself and others and then move on. We need to start moving on and just be like, I don't get to identify with anxiety anymore. I get to identify with a calm person. So what does that look like? And just going on from that. Okay, so it's a domino effect. You need to play with your mind and your body and your soul, of course. (laughs) Take some check-ins throughout the day. This is another tip as well. So throughout the day, even from the morning, so you've done your morning routine to actually feel calm. You've done your meditation. You've done your deep breathing. Okay, so after that, take some time throughout the day to check in with yourself. Am I breathing into my belly or am I shallow breathing? Am I breathing from literally here or am I breathing from my belly? How am I feeling? Like, how have I been nourishing myself today? Even if you're at work, you need to ask yourself these questions. Even if it's in your mind, you need to be extra cautious at the start because at the start, there's going to be duality and there's going to be that part of you that identified with anxiety is going to try to kind of pull you back and be like, no, this is comfortable. This is like what I know. But what you know is sometimes not good for you. We all know that. So we need to be extra cautious and be like, okay, what's going on? Am I doing my routine? Am I able to breathe through this? Am I able to manage myself throughout the day? And if you are, then you're winning, okay? Then you're winning. But there's going to be ups and downs. This is a journey. This is not going to look all like this. And everything is fine in fairyland. Like that's not the way it is. The reason why we meditate, the reason why we learn to have this safety toolbox, why we write a safety list, what do I do when I'm triggered, things like that. The reason why we do that is to actually be able to manage the things that come our way, not to be perfect beings. I don't think there is a thing or a being that is perfect. We didn't come for that. We came here to be human beings. This is the life we chose. So it is what it is. Taking some check-ins means asking yourself what you need. Sometimes what happens is that this can be quite shocking to us. And we're like, "How? Do, what do you mean? Ask myself what I need. Well, it means asking yourself what you need, what you think your body needs right there and then. A lot of the time what happens is that because you've spent so many years sort of neglecting yourself and your mind and your body is that this comes as a shock and you might not even get any intuition as to 
what that might be as to what you might need. But the more you ask yourself this question, what do I think, what do I need right now? What do I need today? If I'm not feeling so good, what do I think will make it better? What do I need? The more you ask yourself and have those check-ins, the more you'll actually get used to receiving those answers from yourself. And you don't have to ask other people what you need or try to kind of latch onto people to ask them what you need or to give you what you need because nobody else can kind of give it to you. You can be supported but you don't have to be dependent. We can be codependent, but not depend on others. Okay, having those check-ins and understanding yourself, the more you understand yourself, the more others will understand you as well and they can meet your needs as well. You can then maybe if you're in therapy or being coached, you can actually be honest about what you need. Or if you're in a relationship, then you can actually be very honest about what you think you need and communicate the boundaries and things like that. So everything starts to link up really, really nicely when you start to get to know yourself and come home to your body and come home to yourself so it's not about leaving anything behind you're not killing any parts of you you're not doing that you're actually just coming home to yourself and reuniting all of the parts of you that were lost when you were hurt before so that changes the story right you're not losing out on anything you're not deleting anything from yourself you're actually just bringing everything into a whole and complete version of you if that doesn't sound nice I don't know what does. <laughs> I just love this topic because it doesn't really resonate with me anymore, but it's also part of my story. It's not that anxiety is part of my life every day. <laughs> and like I struggle with it is that for a very long time, I had struggled with it for a very long time. And I feel like a lot of people do now. A lot of my clients come to me for that. And I'm like, wow, okay. Clearly, there's a lot of work to do in this world that is okay, which means that thankfully I went through what I went through for a reason, which is amazing. That's really beautiful. So when you ask yourself what you need, just tell yourself, I can meet you there. So you can meet your own self there. You can nourish yourself there. Not necessarily anybody else has that. You have the accountability and responsibility to make yourself feel good. Tell me this. Who are you choosing to be next year? Who are you choosing to be in a few months time? Are you choosing to feel the same way? Are you choosing to think and act the same way? Because at the end of the day, we get to actually decide and choose who we're being and I think we need to detach from what we were and ask yourself this question. If I let go of this anxiety, who am I? Who am I and what am I? Because a lot of the time we identify with negative emotions, with anything that we've experienced, because we're afraid of who we might be if we don't have it anymore. So if I let go of this anxiety, who am I? What is left of me? Who am I then? Who am I becoming? Who am I being? And how will people treat me? Does it mean that I'm not a victim anymore? And is that okay with me? So ask yourself those questions because those are the real questions. Because I guarantee that sometimes you're holding on to something because you're afraid of what will happen if you don't have it anymore. And that's 
really powerful to know. I gave you a few journaling prompts there. I hope that you truly enjoy them. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Naturally, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you want more like this. And you can also let me know what else you would like to see in it because I love making this type of video. I love adding value to people who actually need it. So if you know somebody who might need it, definitely send it to them because I want this message to get across. I want to help people in this way. I want to help more and more people to realize that they actually have the power to change their lives too. We all get to thrive. We all get to feel good. And I think this is exactly what we all need right now. We all need to completely elevate and just feel the best that we can and become better each day. I think we all deserve that. I think we all deserve to feel expansive, to feel clear-minded, to feel good within, in body, mind, and spirit. So definitely get this message across to your friends and I hope you have enjoyed it. I will see you in the next one. I love you so much.